Welcome back to the Leader Link Podcast. This is Charles. And I'm Josh. And so last time we recorded together, we talked about uh, the Mintzberg Managers Not MBA book. and Of which you've only read 24%. Well, at that time. Yeah. Only, yeah, only yeah. 24%. Yeah. Uh, much more into it at this point. But the what we wanted to do is say, you know, while there there isn't a criticism of the degree, Josh and I both have master's and we, we want to talk about how those degrees actually positively influenced our leadership. And so Josh, I want to put you on the spot here yeah. first. What 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 did that degree teach you about leadership and what principles are you applying today still? I loved loved my master's degree. The 120 hour one. <laughs> I think I ended up taking like 126, and I loved every minute of it. It was thrilling for me. And I think that was because it was not something that I'd ever been exposed to before. Hmm. Um, I grew up in a faithful church, but it was very shallow on the intellect, on the study. Uh, So getting into seminary kind of out of the blue, because it was not the direction my life was going. I was trying to get into government intelligence work. I majored in... Arabic in college, like that was not at all the direction my life was headed. So, um, to say it was it was a radical shift, and I was just absorbing it all is like it was awesome. But I am so grateful for the professors that I had at DTS. Um, they were they were huge men in my mind, and still are. Some some have gone to be with the Lord at this point, but many are still alive. Although a lot of them are retired. Um, I kind of got in in a sweet spot, but that's not that's neither here nor there. Um, all of them, what, what was great about it, and I think, I don't know, this may not be true of every seminary, I think most of them try to do this. I would say every professor that I took was also a pastor. They may have spent their full-time jobs as, as academicians, but they, they knew that in order to train guys to do what they were supposed to train them to do, they had to do it themselves. So they were full, full of wisdom on, hey, yes, I'm teaching you how to parse this Greek verb, but let me tell you where this actually helped me while I was counseling a couple going through X, Y, or Z. Hmm. Let me tell you how this actually helped me when I was sitting in an elder board and there was conflict between elders. Hmm. So... I didn't experience that. I was in I was in the church, right? So I was getting some of that experience. But 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 I think even if I hadn't been, if if I was really paying attention, I would have learned why I need to know these things, because and, and begin to see that there are real valuable practical applications, mm. right? Um, and so that that for me that was I, I I was just talking about it with the guy I was playing golf with yesterday. I've probably. I did this post-seminary, and I wish I would have started day one, but I have a, a Word document that I call Wisdom for Young Pastors, of whom I'm included in that still. <laughs> um, but I would just take the nuggets that I would hear. And I've gone back and just for my own personal edification study, sometimes to get ideas on how to teach a subject better, I'll go back because DTS for alumni has every course available for free you can watch. <clears throat> so I'll go back and... and redo some of the courses I was in. In fact, some of them I was actually in, the ones they recorded, which is kind of funny. Um, so I remember the exact moments. But I, and I, I just I have a, a document now. And every now and again, once every six weeks or so, I'll go through and review that. But um, just such poignant things that, that 
that today I'm like, yep, if I would have missed that, I would have been in trouble, right? Um, if I would have, you know, if I would have not learned my lesson here, I would have been in trouble. Um, Is this going to be a book one day? I don't know. Maybe that's not a bad idea. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't be able to take any credit for it. I would just put it all together. It would be a compilation, but... Um, as long as you have people's permission to yeah. include certain stories and things. Well, many of them are, are gone, so I don't know how that would happen. You but anyways, okay. uh, <clears throat> I guess if you cite people, you don't really have to have their permission to do it, do you? There, there's certain amounts that you can yeah, put right, in right, without right. without yeah. Uh, permission. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, so I think you know that was one huge thing. I think another thing that, that um, seminary is different than most... Because because of our Christian faith, and again, this might not be true of every seminary. It's just my experience. The professors genuinely cared about their students. Um, and so day one, I remember it was, it was almost like clockwork. You knew day one during syllabus time. The professor was going to go through the syllabus, and then he was going to stop at the end of it, and he was going to go, or she. I had a few female professors who were awesome, too. I'd say, look, this is a lot of work. You guys are probably, many of you are probably working full-time, studying full-time, you've got a lot on your plate, you've got families and children, blah, 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 blah. Your grade here does not matter, right? Mm -hmm. If it comes between you and your marriage, drop school, don't do that paper, fail that quiz, whatever it takes, right? Um, If you're going to lose your job because you have to study for two more hours, don't study for two more hours. Um, And so they taught us a lot about wisdom about balance about prioritizing like what is more valuable your grade or your you know um your kids so i just think there was so much in there there was so much more than just learning there was wisdom that came out of that um and like we talked about in the last episode i really do believe that there are some people and there are some things that people depends they absorb wisdom rather than learn it through experience right Um, your fajita yeah, exactly. Yeah, the feet of pain experience. Um, some kids hear and they hear the warning and they know not to do it. And then other kids are go, well, i got to figure this out for myself. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and, and neither is right or wrong necessarily. Um, I guess if you're being disobedient, which typically that's like if your parents say don't touch this stove and you're, you do it, but it doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, man, I think, <clears throat> and I would say the other thing that, that was in hindsight reflecting on it, I'm a really good student. School has never been a problem for me as far as getting the work done and making good grades. Like I've, and I'm and I'm pretty good at hearing what professors want to hear and giving it to them, even if it may not be exactly what I want to say. Um, I've got some skill in that people pleasing department, um, but I think seminary taught me how to think for the first time. Hmm. And that was hugely beneficial, um, because again, under undergrad, man, I just I remember undergrad being so easy. Like mine was not. Well, I strumming guitar is a lot more difficult than writing papers on. on Did you just say count. strumming guitars? Yeah, that's okay. That, that that's demeaning to what I said. I it's did. a lot more difficult <laughs> than writing papers on counterterrorism. Like that's like. Learning Arabic is just memory. Like you just memorize, and you, you like learning a language. That's all it is. You just memorize, and you, you learn rules, and you learn vocab, and you're done, right? Um, so, 
and I, of course I took more classes. I took political, you know, theory class and all that stuff. So there were some challenging things. I don't remember them being that hard. Um, but seminary wasn't hard, but it, it forced me for the first time to identify how is it that I think mm-hmm. not, not the way to think, but why is it that I think that way? Challenging. Yeah. Challenging yeah. your own assumptions. Yeah. Right. And so like nothing, nothing in seminary as far as like doctrines and principles was, was hugely <clears throat> like explosively brilliant in my mind, but how we arrive at those things. Mm. Like oh, and then the implications. Like oh, so yeah. I mean, I <clears throat> all that I took with me into my pastoral work, uh, and it and it it is never. There's never been a moment in my 14 years because I I literally we're recording this. I guess 14 years and two days to the day from when I moved to Dallas into this and and to the campus seminary. I just saw this morning a picture of myself in front of my apartment mirror because that was so cool back then that I took mirror selfies. Awesome. Um, and it was it said 14 years ago. Holy shit. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Um, but yeah. so Yeah, I think that critical thinking part is is really <clears throat> one of the things that I've taken away, more, more so from the doctoral work than the master's. But, yeah. uh, you know, in, in, each, in each paper – a full paper. One of the things we have to do is if we're going to make a point, we also need to challenge it to a certain extent. You know, what, what are the potential flaws in this point? And then how, how do we answer that? Right. Um, and, and that has been a huge, uh, reminder for me that the, just because I look at something and see something a certain way does not mean that that's the only way it yeah, is. Yeah. It doesn't mean that that's how everyone else sees it. Right. Uh, I, if I'm going to have an argument or an explanation or uh, make a decision based on, on, on something, I need to fully evaluate right. it. And, and that's I, I think the full evaluation, what are the arguments for, what mm-hmm. are arguments against, and then how do I come up with right. the best decision yeah. has been one of the biggest strengths or one of the biggest things I've taken from the process of getting a degree. I, um, you and I are both kind of old school people. Like we love our technology, but you know, push comes to shove, give me a pen and a piece of paper and we'll probably be happy. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, fountain pen, a fountain pen. Yeah. (laughs) A CD versus a, you know, an MP3 player. MP3. What am I saying? (laughs) Your phone. Right. Um, uh, yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, my Zune. Do you remember the Zune? No. Microsoft came out with an iPod competitor back in the early 2000s. Uh, I guess, yeah, early 2000s. And it was uh, it was a better product than the iPod. I loved it. But again, Microsoft, they couldn't compete with Apple. Um, mm. Why was I saying that? That's... Um, Pen and paper, yeah, old yeah. school. Yeah. The... Um, I think that one of the detriments to our society is the lack of liberal arts educations that people get these days because of that very thing, because critical thinking and because teaching people how to understand why they think the way they do. Um, this for, for me, learning history, I love history, but one of the fundamental reasons why I love history is because I love to see why I think the way I do, right? Right. Because I am shaped by 
whatever you want to think about how novel your thinking is, mm-hmm. you stand on the shoulders of every generation who's come before us ever, right? Um, and so knowing that and knowing why they thought that way and knowing why those people thought that way is is tremendously valuable to, I think, leadership. Because when you walk into a situation and somebody gives a different perspective, you go, they're not my enemy. Right. They have a different history. They have a different background. I need to learn that. In fact, I need to embrace it. I, I need to be thankful that they're willing sure, to yeah, share yeah, right. something different yeah. than what I'm seeing. Yeah. Because I might learn something and I might arrive at a better decision Absolutely, or a better conclusion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we lose that, I think, in, in our modern education system. And not because kids aren't taking liberal art classes, but because that's not the focus. It's not critical thinking. Even in the liberal art classes, I think yeah. in some cases it gets distorted. Right. It's just dates and facts, right? Not, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways, that's, yeah, soapbox. So, well, actually, I kind of continue on that soapbox. Um, you, humans by nature have biases, right? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do. <laughs> yeah, we do. And it's such a natural human nature thing that when we see things a certain way when we believe that something is or should be a certain way right. we take on this confirmation bias where we will will we will gladly accept any evidence that supports our current position but anything that is presented in a different light we is reject. the enemy yeah. we yeah. reject it they don't know what they're talking about yeah. um, we one of the Issues with modern society today is that we can't even have a conversation right. about politics or whatever because it's so emotionally charged for yeah. people. Yeah. Um, so I, I think this the idea of critical thinking yeah. and and, the, and education is um, has, well has been very valuable to me as a leader because you know like you say if if somebody comes in and, and has a different perspective or a different opinion on something. If I'm operating based on my confirmation bias, then I'm going to feel attacked. And, right. and, and I'm not literally being attacked, but I'm thinking, well, if you don't agree with me, what's wrong with you? Right. Whereas now, through having to challenge my own thinking in this education, it's I'm I, now I'm going to welcome a different sure. perspective. And actually, I want you to bring. And so now as a leader, it's actually my responsibility to make it a safe environment for you to bring in the different right. perspective. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat> I think the other thing I would say, and this is, um, again, this is directly related to my experience because it's all I can talk on. Um, I know, you know, in the last episode I talked about MDiv, THM, you know, teach you one thing. I do think seminaries recognized, and I think most schools have recognized the re- the necessity of, of applied knowledge. Um, and so, like, DTS not only do we have an internship that we had to fulfill? So you had to have a semester in a church. Um, now I was in the church the whole time I was in seminary, but, um, but for other students, that's not necessarily the case. So you have to kind of get out in the real world and get, you know, some sandpaper rubbed on you to realize that the, the seminary is such, it can be such a protected environment. Like you're talking with people who are just as excited about the faith as you are, who, who are reading the same things as you are. So it's like a, it's like this beautiful community, and then you walk into a church on any given corner, and you're like, you know, have you read this 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 theologian? And they're like, 
who are you talking about? What do you, no, I haven't read a book since I graduated from college, right? Um, so and you kind of get shocked into going, okay, so I, I need to, while I'm in school, I need to be learning how to, to, to deal with the people that I'm going to be dealing with. Like, um, so the internship was one great thing. And then I think seminaries also recognize that there is a need for pastors not just to learn how to study the Bible and even to teach it, but also to lead. Because as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, um, anytime you get people and money together, mm-hmm. there is there is the necessity for organizational leadership at some, whether it's a very basic level or it's a very, you know, in, in, you know a large model. Um, and so I think the seminaries wisely said, okay, we need to train our guys and gals when they go out how to... How do you engage with elders who are not just your, you know, friends, but also your peers and equals in the church? How do you build a um, program out? How do you build a, you know, um, how do you change in a very monolithic um, institution? So those types of things were recognized as deficiencies in the guys and gals who are graduating in the seminary said, let's try to address some of those things while they're here. And just give them at least nuggets and again categories to think to have in their minds. We're not gonna be able to give them that experience because the, the seminary can't put you in a situation where you have to go into a church and change something. Right. But they can give you the category for, hey, this is not a good idea to run too fast with. Because if you do, X, Y, or Z will happen. Now, whether people listen to that or not is is the question, right? But that's but that's the point of this episode is did you right. did you personally yeah. take value? Oh, absolutely, out yeah. Of that? yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I I it was such a great experience for me. I, I one of my saddest things is that my earliest class notes I've lost because it was before cloud computing, like cloud. Um, Software like I couldn't put things in the save them in the cloud. So it was Josh, on, nobody can understand the cloud. So you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it was on a hard drive on on a Mac computer of all things, and it crapped out on me, and I lost all my, my all that gold. But it's okay. I just cry about it every now and again. And I, this is a side note. I take notes everywhere. I've got pen and paper. Yep. I've got digital on the remarkable. Yep. Uh, Jen just got an iPad the other day, which mm. makes me want to have an iPad, yeah. which I'm probably not going to get. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. One of the biggest lessons I think that I've learned, aside from being able to make an argument and a counter argument mm-hmm. within the same point and the ability to think critically, is that at the end of the day, really, leadership is about people. Mm-hmm. And we kind of talked about this a couple of weeks ago with the, the, the book, Minsper's book is that that kind of gets left out in some classes. It seems like, again, I've never taken an MBA or an MBA right. course, but based on the arguments he made, it, it sounds like that that gets a little bit left out. <clears throat> but in every class that I've taken, there's been a focus on people, mm-hmm. which I know I am going into leadership. I knew that that was the case. I was right. going to be leading people. I wasn't going to be leading um, machines or anything like that. I mean, they're the human beings. Right. But even for example, in my, the, the most recent class I took was in uh, the fall. Uh, just I finished a few weeks ago on data analytics. And you would think that in a course on data analytics, you would be learning about, 
sampling methods right. and you know surveys and all these different things. But uh, a, a big focus in the class was what's the human element of this? You know, where do where do people fit into this equation? And mm. and so I've found immense value in at least in my education of how how to keep people at the forefront of my thinking. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I think, yeah, I mean, that's something that, that, that there almost needs to be like an intro class to graduate studies going, these are the things that you need to keep at the front of your mind. Hmm. Here's the, everything you learn during this period is leading to these three major goals, right? I guess, again, in my experience for seminary, it'd be more accurate study of the Bible, more proficient communication of the Bible, uh, greater knowledge in leading the church, right? Um, so whether you're taking a course on Jude or you're taking a you know creative writing class in the seminary, all of it's leading toward like the filter by which is okay. How is that going to help me more more accurately study the Bible, more proficiently communicate this text, and then more adequately lead the church? Um, if you could, if you could set those expectations, and I think I think schools do probably do that. It just doesn't become. It's not. It's not prominent enough, right? Um, that that would be super. It'd be one of those things that I think. Well, and the know. courses are so segmented. Even even when they're all aligned towards the same goal, the courses are segmented. You have different professors, right? right. And if you don't have a common thread running through right. it, it can be it can be challenging. Like what yeah. what am I? What is the really important theme or thread I'm supposed to be taking yeah. away from this. But then I think that's the, that the school could set that responsibility on the student, right? Um, and ultimately, I think that's how that's value in education comes out of your ability, your, your desire to apply it, right? So, and apply yourself to it. Um, if you don't care, I mean, the best things in the world, you could have the greatest professors, the greatest content, you could have everything. But if you're not willing to, to apply yourself to it and then apply it, it doesn't matter. So, yeah, well, I think this has been a good conversation about some of the things you and I have personally taken away yeah. from our uh, education. I want to finish, though, by talking about the need for education. And I want to be very clear that I don't believe that you have to be graduate level educated to be a good leader. I, I don't think that's a prerequisite right. at all. Right. Um, I, I personally believe that constantly learning you know josh and i are avid readers mm -hmm. avid podcast listeners uh we you know we i learn something new every time we record an episode just from our riffing off of each right. other i don't believe that graduate education is necessary however i believe that intentionally improving as a leader is yeah. necessary what are, what are your thoughts on that i wholeheartedly agree i i, I mean i've i've known leaders who would put you know double PhDs in leadership to shame as far as their ability and capacity to lead, um, which is proof of, in the pudding that you don't need it. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think formal education, graduate education for me personally has been immensely valuable. And a lot of that is because I'm not the most internally motivated having, having somebody outside of me say, Hey, this is what you, giving me a course to walk, right? And saying, yes, every now and again, I'm going to have this thing called a paper due or a test that you have to take that's going to keep you walking on this path instead of just sitting down and doing nothing. Because um, I also can suffer from analysis paralysis, mm. right? 
Um, so, you know, I've got a stack of books on my desk at home. Which one do I read? I'll read all 30 of them at the same time, right? And then I never get finished with one of them. So, you know, school, for me, is valuable because it helps discipline me. Keeps you on a schedule. Keeps me, kind of, yeah. Um, you got check marks. And, but yeah, yeah. so, but, that, but, but necessity for leadership... Um, no, not, not necessary, just valuable for people, for people who, who like it, right? Especially graduate degree. I mean, I know a lot of people out there have to go do graduate degrees because their company requires it or because that's what gets them noticed and sets them out of the crowd for the the next promotion or position. But, um, man, if it would be, it would be awesome if only, you know, people who really love school and love learning had to do that because again, it's just tedious and taxing for those who are not um so yep so just a quick episode on yeah you know some things josh and i got out of our education but again i think if we can leave with one point it's that there's there's a lot of ways to to learn about leadership and develop as a leader and that's just one that we did and and we personally value uh you know the last benefit of of school (laughs) education is books like I have a huge library, wow, yeah. and I'm still building it, obviously. But I mean, sixty percent of my books were from my four years in school. Um, some were assigned text, and then you've got like the professor mentions a book, and you're like, "I'm gonna buy that one too." I'm buy mm-hmm. that too. So yeah, a lot of them are sitting there looking at me, going, "Read me, read me," but it looks awesome. Uh, you know, my uh, my mentor with this uh, improving performance mm-hmm. and results program, he. His education was books. Yeah, you know he he, I can't. He t- he said it in the in, when we recorded the podcast a few weeks ago, but he he reads about a book a week. Wow, uh, which is a lot. Yeah, um, but but over years and years and years, you know that. So there's different ways to digest information. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now we can actually end. All right. I just thought about that. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the LeaderLink Podcast. If you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And we want to know what you want to hear about when it comes to leadership. You can leave us a comment or send an email to info at jcleadershipconsulting.com. And we'll see you next time.